Welcome to Hijacking the Microphone, the only podcast that knows what professional feels like. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 1, Episode 9 of House of Cards. This was a dense one. A lot of stuff happened. After a couple of, I think, bubble episodes, as you called them, um, we finally get back to the main plot, which is the Watershed Bill. Bubble episodes? Bottle episodes? Bottle episodes. I thought you called them bubble episodes the other day. I might have. I I get things (laughs) wrong. That's my thing. All right. Uh, So the big thing here is this Watershed Bill. And and I guess Claire's water filters are kind of tied up in this. Yeah. uh, In a pretty significant way. Uh, so let's talk about that first. Okay. Um, you know, Claire has been... We, we This is actually set up kind of a few episodes ago, which oh, I yeah. thought was clever, that, you know, we fee, the, there's this $200,000 um, flagship project uh, that mm-hmm. her assistant, um, which I can never remember her fucking Jillian. name, Jillian, uh, has decided to spearhead, and we've heard that it's gotten some snags, and now we find out that it's stuck in customs in the Sudan, that there's some shithole government there that doesn't want to approve the water filters going through to the people. Yep. And we saw last episode that uh, she asked Francis if, you know, Kathy Durant, the Secretary of State that they uh, helped appoint, still owed them favors, and he said yes. Hmm. But today, or this episode, we found out that... She can't do anything. Her hands are tied because they're ending diplomatic relations with that country. Mm -hmm. And Claire doesn't want to accept this answer as as a no. Sure. Um, And so she she goes back to Frank and says, hey, can you talk to Remy? Because I know he's got some influence over there. And he's uh, like Sancorp and the drilling companies. And what's happened since the first of the show where they were, you know, thick as thieves is that, uh, Sancorp is pissed off about this watershed bill Yeah, because they, as a drilling company are opposed to any regulations, even though this is very light on the regulation, according to Frank and even Claire, mm-hmm. um, they're like, look, we don't even want to, set a foot over on that side of the wall. So we're we're just opposing it on on principle. There's True. no acceptable regulation for us. Yeah. Um so the, the, and this is what I this is a great episode. Absolutely. And I f- love this episode. In fact, from 9 on chapter 9 on through is why, you know, I I think I really fell in love with the series. Um but the, the only thing I don't like is this makes Claire seem almost unbelievably naive. Yeah, a little bit. I, she's been in this. She's been yeah. in this gig for twenty years. Is this the first time she understands that? Like, just because someone has power, it's relative. Like, um, you know, if 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 you wanted to get a cocaine shipment through the U.S. Mexican border, you couldn't just call up your DEA officer friend and ask <laughs> him for help on that. It's like uh-huh. the Secretary of State has a lot of power, but you couldn't open McDonald's in North Korea. Yeah, and also you know? her insistence that he go back to Remy and try to work something out there is a little naive as well. I mean, Frank understands the power that he would have 
that that Remy would have over him if he were to go asking favors. Yeah. Um, even for something that she views as an unrelated project, because Frank is right, there is no such thing as an unrelated project at this point. And that's exactly what, what Frank was afraid of, is exactly what's made explicit when she goes and meets with Remy behind the back, because Remy's like, no, we the price yeah. of getting your project done is killing the bill. Yep. And yep. the other thing that maybe Claire doesn't appreciate, because I find it, it's a little murky, but the beginning of the episode sets up the stakes that this isn't just Frank trying to get, you know, Pete Russo elected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of um, this race and this bill is somehow, in, is, and I'm not quite sure the details, but it's binding a lot of the fates of these representatives that are in surrounding districts. Yeah, yeah. And if if they don't get a Democratic... Uh, governor mm-hmm. and they get defeated in this bill there's a chance that they could lose the, these people could lose their jobs in the next election which would actually lose the democratic party the entire control of the house yeah there would be some gerrymandering going on and redistricting and that's and... the other thing is there's redistricting up so if they lost it it could be i mean it could set them up for yeah. losses for decades to come absolutely so so this... I, I don't totally like discredit claire here because i understand like what she's thinking i mean she she explains like look i have goals here too apparently you view them as secondary to to your own uh career and i, and I think what and the, the thing that, that's a little insulting to her right yeah so so i'm 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 saying that she comes across as a little too naive but also frank comes a lot at first connected as he is with his wife and as well as they both claim to understand each other mm-hmm. it's somewhat unbelievable that he chooses that moment Immediately after he explains yeah. and throws a fucking fit and just completely <laughs> puts her down, uh, she takes that moment to ask her for a favor on this particular bill. Yeah, I thought that was a very poor choice. And obviously it was. It leads to her doing something to spite him, you know? Because cause this is going to come down to exactly two votes. Mm-hmm. He knows everyone's going to vote except for the two most liberal democratic representatives and they have some quibbles with this from environmental concerns and how much money it's being spent and he has this really brilliant scene where he takes the two <laughs> action figures from pete's kid and he sets them up on one end of the, uh, his desk and he sets a bowl of candy in the other he's like you know this is the rest of the party and here's you two goofballs yeah yeah and that's good for you usually uh-huh. But now you've got me in between you, and you're going to have problems if you don't. You know, he says, I always tell people to vote their district, vote their conscious, and don't surprise me. Mm-hmm. And then he knocks over their action figures to show what kind of repercussions they're going to have. And he also says, after, you know, he's like the bad cop. So he beats him up and threatens him. Then he's going to send him to his wife tomorrow. Yeah. And she's going to basically say, look, how this is more environmental than it seems, and she's going to you know salve their conscience sure uh but she does not do that she does not as a result of their conversation uh the night before i think and what's hilarious is she also doesn't come right out and say don't vote to bill but she did basically say you know it's not the end of the world as this bill gets defeated we've got other legislation and that well that sets her up later to be able to use the excuse oh i thought they were on board with it and i told them to vote their conscience and they went ahead and fucked us yeah i'm i I, it would be a tenuous argument, certainly, yes. but it leaves her a little bit of wiggle room. Where, as if it, she had gone in there and just said, "Hey, don't vote for this thing," she's got no way out. And the thing is, is I do think Frank was taking was was more and more taking her for granted. And oh yeah, there's also something with the Zoe thing because mm-hmm. he's actively starting to lie to her about 
Zoe. Yeah. I think this is the first episode where he just out and out told a lie because, mm-hmm. um, and all the time he's telling, he's, he's, he's addressing us as the viewers and the camera saying that this relationship with Zoe doesn't mean anything. I've got it managed. I think I, we're meant to not believe him to a certain degree. Right. Right. Yeah. Because the evidence, like, he's, he's hang- becoming an unreliable narrator. <laughs> yeah, no, because he, he's not being honest with himself because yeah. I get the feeling that he's been waiting for this text, like, on pins and needles and ready to jump and, like, you know, get that honey as soon as it is offered to put back <laughs> on the table. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then the conversation that they have, um, I, I'm very unconvinced. Like, the the conversation that they have at the the painting uh, out in front of the painting I don't know actually where they are, are they at a museum or in I don't know buildings? where that it, it's it's wherever they met in the first episode I think is what we're supposed to believe yeah, it's yeah. just that instead of being two guys in a boat this uh-huh. is a somewhat provocative picture of a little girl with her dress hiked up on yeah a ch- on a yeah chaise I mean lounge. this is supposed to represent Zoe I assume if if this were a full cast I would have looked up the picture and uh, right. painting and seen you know its meaning but everything. then their later conversation they had in her apartment where she angrily says you know you're you're at less than half my age in 20 years I'll still be younger than you are now this is disgusting yeah yeah uh, uh, clearly there's a connection yeah intentional and, connection and especially there. her choosing that painting because this time she chose where they met uh, her choosing that painting right after the conversation she had with Janine about her like sucking, screwing, and jerking her way to the top or to the middle rather. Uh, there, there's definitely a lot of meaning in that painting itself. Do you think? One question I had is because you know her and Janine are kind of chummy, but there's also some signs of fracture here, like lying. To her face? Yeah. <laughs> How much do you think that Janine is saying, do you think she really slept, sucked, and jerked her way to the middle? Or do you think she's trying oh. to use that as a, pl- a sharing ploy to then get Zoe to share? Well, I would say she didn't uh, screw, jerk, and suck her way to the middle. She went to the top. Uh, right. She was a White House correspondent at a prestigious newspaper. I think that's about as high as it gets. Which right? is just which is why I want question because yeah. you know it's like if she's telling her own story and it's like you know don't do this to the middle. It's like well she's way past the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she must I mean, it not kind have of, done that. It kind of became the middle. Like it got less prestigious in Zoe's eyes, and so we're supposed to think that it's less prestigious. Um, but at the time that she was doing it, that's as high as you can get. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure if she's lying on purpose or if she just doesn't see the value of the things that she had or what. See, and now what's going to be interesting going forward is Zoe, in her mind, well, not in her mind, in, in act reality, um, you know, rolled over for Frank, mm-hmm. resumed the sexual relationship that she's become uncomfortable with just to get the access back. Yeah. Frank gave her the information, and it's wrong. <laughs> so now that could have serious repercussions, especially if she's reported on that already. And she now, I mean, he, she is she going to believe him when he says, "Hey, I thought I had the information," or is she going to think that he's just fucking with her again? Yeah, because there's been a lot of this on both sides, psychological fucking with and power struggle, and now it would be. I, it would be believable if Frank gave her bad information after fucking her mm-hmm. to just, you know, play a power game. Sure. And I really like the evolution of their relationship throughout these first nine episodes. Um, they start as very much on the same page, and now they are lying to each other and manipulating each other uh, in ways that they both understand. 
and and it just it creates a lot of tension, and it's really interesting to watch. And the tension is going to create between Zoe and Janine because ultimately this is Janine's story. Yeah, yeah. That Zoe <laughs> was trying to feed. So uh, and is that going to get Janine fired? Like no, having incorrect information from sources that she can't reveal, or like, I don't know. But I don't it's, know. you remember she's working on this story about this watershed act and how it all connects and how it connects with the. Underwood office, and now that these that Frank's giving them bad information, you'd think that as a reporter, they're going to want to dig deeper and fi- figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, for sure. and also because you know we we talked about this like two episodes ago that Janine, I don't think was really buying Pete's redemption story. So it'll be interesting to see how Pete handles this because this is a huge setback. He's he he yeah. flew high. I mean, are we I think we're about ready to move on to his side yeah, of the story, let's, right? It, it dovetails right in there. Let's do it. Uh, so this is a story of him battling the vice president. The president leaned on the vice president, and Frank leaned on the vice president to get him to back Pete on mm-hmm. the can- his bus tour to get him to at least go on the tour with him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if Pete expresses concerns, like, look, I haven't briefed him on any of the proposals and facts, and I'm kind of concerned that I he's not really returned my calls about strategy and all that. And Frank's like, you know what? Just let him be up there on the same stage as you and be folksy, and it's you're, you're going to get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, Pro- we find out the vice president is fed up with that kind of treatment. And he doesn't like Pete. He thinks Pete's yes. wrong for the state. And he didn't appreciate not being consulted. He doesn't appreciate this guy being a boozing co-count, philanderer. Yeah. Um, and he is actively working against him. He's hogging the microphone. Uh, when they're doing joint press conferences, Pete's trying to push his agenda. And the vice president directly contradicts him, saying, no, nah, oh, yeah. this is window dressing bullshit. You got to get tax credit to small <laughs> business, blah, 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 blah. And I really like the way that Pete resolves this with the meeting in the hotel room. Um, he is aggressively honest with the guy. Uh, I think that's one of the big things that he was looking for because later in the speech, you know, he, he addresses that point. Like, over the course of this campaign, I have come to appreciate uh, what Pete brings to the table. Well, and also because he called – before he confronted him, he called Frank for advice, and Frank said appeal – he's a vain, prideful man, appeal yeah. to that. And he also, offers him the influence of uh, his knowledge, like helping me – and the, the fact that he knew all the intimate details of his previous runs yes. is flattering, too. Like, oh, he's certainly like, flattering, and it shows that he is a well-prepared, smart guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and he said also be firm and direct. So he did both things. He flattered the man. He offered him the access in his own home state yeah. that he's been craving. Um, so he and the, and the next day, the vice president completely flip flops as a one eighty, <laughs> and is saying and and uses you know again the way the politicians do at their best they use a grain of the truth which is like yeah I don't really believe in this guy but now I do, and just like you yeah. guys didn't used to believe in me and now as the governor it's it's a fresh start politics are so, hilarious man yeah sometimes they can be a little ridiculous it really is. Uh, okay, we have one more storyline in this episode to talk about, and that is Stamper's Quest. Ooh, ooh, no, there's one more. Buried. Buried deep. There's another one? It's Frank finally getting uh, Linda Vasquez in his web. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, let's and talk she, about that. And she knew it, too. Uh-huh. But she, she... She needed to have the day off. So she's felt guilty <laughs> about her campaign with the president and the impact it's had on her son's grades, and now her son just barely missed getting into Stanford... She's going to take the day off to go directly lobby the dean to get her son admitted. But then the president, because um, 
uh, Frank asked the president to make a few statements on the bill's behalf, and he said, nope, not going to do it. Don't want to get involved in – don't want to go against the gas and drilling industry. Yeah. I'll send Linda, my chief of staff, the bulldog of the White House, to your offices for a day for her to lean on representatives and, and, and peddle influence. Yep. Problem is that was the day she was supposed to meet with the dean, and now she has to cancel yeah, and and this is also a problem for Frank, right? He doesn't really want her getting involved. Uh, they have had kind of an adversarial relationship. Oh, well, I don't know. I think he'd rather have the president, but I think he doesn't think that that's a he's right that that's sounds good on paper, but it's not as good. And the fact that he's got this hanging over her head now, and you can yeah. see she tried, she tried to not let it happen. But at the end of the day, yep. he was taking not not taking no for an answer. And two, she really, really, really wanted to make it up to her son. Yeah, absolutely. She felt that she had failed him in the past by not being there to keep his grades up and but I just, help him. I, I love the look on her face when Francis said, nonsense, we're going to, we have to look out for each other and gave her a big wolfish smile and shut the door. She's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I just sold my soul to Satan. Yeah, so this is, this is the generosity equals power equation that Frank uses all the time, right? And, and most of the time when he does this, the people don't know they're they're walking into the trap but i like yeah. this because you know vasquez is one of the few characters that has been shown to be kind of his equal in, in playing his political game mm-hmm. and also is above him in terms of power and now he's finally finally found the pressure point to apply to her yeah and he when he's talking to claire about um going to Remy and, and trying to make all these promises he says i will not be backed into a corner to deliver on promises that i know i can't deliver on and that's what he's doing here to Linda, right? He's backing her into a corner so that later she's going to have to deliver a promise to him. I, I just realized one other plot line we haven't talked about, okay. and I think it's a thing now. Because I've been wondering if it's a thing for several episodes. Claire and children. Okay. Um, Pete's kids running around the campaign office causing terror like they do. Uh-huh. Nobody had time to deal with them. Um, they spilt hot coffee on Frank's hand. And, and Frank does not like kids. Yeah, he says, I despise <laughs> children. And she ends up volunteering to take him to school. They open up their heart to her about you know how they're being bullied. And they're making uh, origami characters for her. And she's some, she has some sort of connection with these kids. Yeah. That builds on the connection about whether she regrets not having children that she had with Adam a few episodes ago. And then at the end of the episode, we find out that, um, God damn it, what is her name? Jillian? Jillian. I always <laughs> wanted to say Isabel. No. I don't know why. My I don't brain know why either. works that way. But Jizabel. <laughs> Jillian. Yeah, I will not forget Jezebel. No, so they're, no, they're, Jillian. That's, that's the mnemonic no. device. So okay. Jillian um, is pregnant. Uh-huh. Uh, they finally... So here's Claire defies her husband to get this project and says, good good, good news, book your plane to the Sudan, you're going to be able to spearhead this thing. And she says, LOL, JK, can't do it because I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm 12 weeks pregnant. And Claire is like wonderfully supportive and says you can take the time off and we'll send someone else but you can tell in the look on her face she's something she's pissed she's wistful yeah. she's jealous she's resentful maybe all of the above um kids with her is a bit there is something to this well it's something that she's given up 
being with Frank, right? But she's also she's. It seems like that she's maybe deluded herself into thinking that it was a mutual decision. Yeah. And now this other feel where she sees how selfish the Frank is and how much he's using her without getting much. Maybe that's starting to. Yeah, yeah. With Adam thinking about, did you ever? It, it's it's on her mind. Certainly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that take. I, the, I hope we see more about that and. Their relationship, Frank and Claire's, is one of the more interesting things, especially now with the the things that happened in this episode. That that really keeps me into the show uh, really firmly. So I hope we see a lot more about that. I just, yeah, I'm at the end of the day, I'm not sure why Frank, with with as much experience as he's got in this sort of thing, is this Twitter pated with a woman like Zoe. I, mean, yeah. I know she wants she's she's aggressive and she knows what she wants and she's all he's also she's also very smart mm-hmm. um and clearly attractive but it seems like is it meant to say that that Frank and Claire aren't romantically involved in any way um it doesn't seem like that okay it seems like that their 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 bedroom is pretty dead yeah like we've That's I, what think I think I've so maybe him. this is his outlet you know for his physical needs or whatever it, it it could be but there's something else there's like almost an obsession um oh, with okay. her with with yeah. zoe that i don't that i don't get um yeah i don't know i i mean he did get her in her very formative phases as a journalist uh kind of gained influence over her maybe he feels like she is his like his tool to use? Yeah, it could be. And he feels that slipping away, and, and, needs and to it, it could be just control. just that because, like he says in the episode, every you know, great man said everything in life is about sex, except for sex, which is about power. Yeah, and possessiveness and 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 jealousy. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I think that's interesting watching this relationship, all the interlocking relationships, kind of, and yeah. and, and it makes me curious of what's driving it. And I don't know that we ever even find out. Maybe that's season two fodder. Yeah, could be. Um, and I, I just like you said, these are all interlocking relationships. I like how they've weaved those all together. It felt very natural. Uh, the last plot line. Stamper, his quest to save the whore, which I, I don't know Rachel. her name. Ex-whore now. She's no longer a whore. Uh, Rachel, okay. Rachel Bell. <laughs> yeah, so she gets, so he set her up with Nancy uh, living in her house. Uh-huh. And she has gotten a job at the steakhouse. And apparently she has been uh, sexually assaulted at work. Not assault. I mean, sexually harassed. Well, attempted. Okay, yes, yes. It would be assault if he actually... I mean, he did... He touched her, put her hand on her knee. I don't know that's quite assault. It's but it's extreme sexual harassment, if nothing else. Extreme, <laughs> it, it's textbook. It's like what... It, yeah. it, when you take a fucking course on sexual harassment, they will... They will reenact the scene just as described. Like, yeah, I, you know, we got to make some tough decisions about payroll. We can't keep everybody on the payroll. You know, if you let me fuck you, I can make make an exception. Oh, you did. Next day you're fired. That's yeah. That is lawsuit. I had a benchmark of uh, sleazy restaurant owners in the Seinfeld episode where the guy was just hiring girls with big jugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the new benchmark for me. All right. All right. In media. Uh, so yeah, she is. Um, she has that experience, and then Stamper comes in to talk to the manager. Comes into uh, Rapey McGee's a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a chain. Surprisingly, yeah, I so don't know it, how it got so big. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. That the m- name must be like a hell that. of a steak with a name like that to overcome. <laughs> yeah, so he goes in, and what is a brilliant scene? Uh, claims there's a hair on a steak, and calls what's his name? 
I didn't get his name. Is it Leon? Let's call him Leon. Leon. I think it's Leon, yeah. Uh, Calls him over and just intimidates the shit out of him, not only by being an intimidating guy, but by uh, knowing that he has illegal immigrants working in his kitchen and his family is also uh, here illegally. And he's paying for their apartment, so Uh that's what I guess is... Jail time for him. Yeah. uh, Deportation for his family. Brilliant scene. Just comes down like the wrath of God (laughs) on this guy. Yeah. And and this is more of a Stamper's heart of gold, you know, protecting this girl. But this, I, I this 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 sounds like the writers. This is the classic writing as they go along because I feel like this would be a stronger plot line with the heart of gold if he didn't have this girl. Because it's almost like he's looking at as a big brother. Because mm. there's no hint of sexual attraction. Sure, sure. But he made her give him a blowjob for money earlier on, and I'm not sure. Like, did he? Yeah, remember he put when? that, he gave her $10,000 in an envelope, then he had like uh-huh. $200 that he said, open your mouth, and he put this in her mouth, oh. and he goes, this is for yeah, me, yeah. and then he started unbuckling that. his pants. Sure, sure. So, I, or maybe... That was the first time they met, right? Right. And okay. maybe that's just an evolution of his characters. Like, you know, when you were a whore, I saw you as a whore, and I used you as a whore. Now that you're saying that you don't want to be that anymore, I'll respect that. I'm, yeah, I could see could be. The stamper seems like the kind of guy that can compartmental that. Plus, you got to remember why he's doing all this in the first place. It's to cover up Rousseau's misdealings, right? Yeah, but this is going... I mean, oh. at this point, Rousseau has has admitted to all of that shit, so does it even matter anymore what information she has? Yeah, it seems like by drawing a line in the sand, um, you know, that he's firewalled all bad behavior in the past. If he can, can, if he can keep he the, from certainly doing has. the bad behavior... Yeah, you know. Rousseau definitely has. The problem, I think, that they still have with Rachel is that she has information connecting Frank to Rousseau, like getting him off of his uh, his charges, right? Yeah, because I know he he pulled a lot oh, of strings with true. the police commissioner. That's true. So you he, think this is a lot more cynical? No, 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 just, no, no. He's no. just managing her like he's uh, like like this is a spy agency and he's her spy master. I think there, yes, he's that tra- that is happening. But I also think that he cares for her at this point. Hmm. Stamper does. Hmm. All right. Uh, I think there's a necessity to keep her quiet about it, but he's going about it in a way that is much more, uh, <laughs> much nicer than he he could. I mean, we've seen him when he wants to be mean. He goes to Leon, you know. Yeah. It it feels like there's more, a little bit more to it than that. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll see more of it. Yeah. I mean, th- so. this is this isn't going away anytime yeah. soon. So. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.ballmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. And be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Check out our website for all our other great television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our great pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at Bald Move and on Facebook.com slash Bald Move. And don't forget to join us on Valentine's Day weekend starting Saturday, February 14th for our coverage of Season 2 of House of Cards. See you next time.
Thank you.